before we jump in, quick note, we are still accepting applications for the adventure grant and we will be accepting them. We've extended it to allow some folks to finish their application who've reached out uh, until March 1st. So you have until March 1st to apply for our three adventure grants. Learn more in the show notes. Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. Uh, this episode's coming at us from 2018, so almost five years ago. Uh, Aiden and Blaine do something pretty crazy. You may have heard of Couch to 5K, where you basically go from, you know, couch potato, you don't do a whole lot, to training for a 5K. It's pretty popular. Uh, well, Blaine and, and Aiden are trying to see if it's possible to do the toughest endurance events event within 10 months of training, and that is a couch to 250K. They're going to find out. So if you would like to hear about what this was like, this experiment, this idea of, you know, going all out, this is definitely the Adventure Sports Podcast way, just freaking going for it. Uh, You're going to enjoy this episode. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, it's, It's quite a crazy concept, but we like crazy on this show. So uh, big announcement coming next week with Monday's episode. So be on the lookout in your podcast app for that episode. And if you haven't already, uh, we are actually extending the podcast, uh, or I'm sorry, the adventure grant to another week. So you'll have another week to apply. Uh, It's not closing. It didn't close yesterday. It's closing next week. So please apply and make sure you get the word out there. And uh, if you have an adventure, we're giving away $1,750 plus gear. So don't wait, apply and you might get it. All right, let's go ahead and jump in. Hey, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today. I have two gentlemen from Ireland, Aiden Dougherty and Blaine O'Donnell, and they are doing something kind of unique. Aiden is the coach, and Blaine is the athlete, and they've decided to go from couch to adventure race, and not any adventure race. This is a 250-kilometer adventure race. And we're going to talk about how they're hoping to accomplish this, to get someone fit enough and prepared for that kind of an athletic event. They have their own podcast where they've been documenting this journey. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about it today. Welcome to the program, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Oh, yeah, it's our pleasure. Appreciate the invite. Oh, you bet. You bet. So I guess the first question is, let's just go back to how you guys know each other and, and how you decided to take this challenge on. So what's the backstory here? Um, well, so, go ahead. Go ahead <laughs> um, I'll, I'll take a lead on this. We're, well, we've been friends pretty much our entire lives. Um, Aiden's a, a personal trainer, and I, I work an office job. We've been talking for a, we've been talking for quite some time about maybe maybe starting our own podcast. But we never really had a, a topic or anything that we thought we could cover on a podcast. Now I I was 
I signed up for a marathon. Um, we, we had a, a brief discussion there, but um, I, I trained for the marathon very badly. Um, I didn't take any professional advice. I just went out running on my own, um, and then I ended up coming on a pretty embarrassing time. It took me four hours and 40 minutes, which was actually the bottom 30% of the finishers of the marathon. So I was a bit disappointed in that, but I had, I had my hopes. Uh, I had um, planned to do something maybe a bit, a bit bigger and braver the next time. So I approached Aidan. I had seen this this race um, taking place in Donegal, which is just across the border from us here in Derry. It's called The Race, which is a 250-kilometer endurance event. And I sat down with Aidan and said, why don't, we, why don't we give this a go? I'll train for it. You can coach me. You can train me. We'll document the whole process. We'll start our own podcast and we'll just see where it goes. And that, that's that's where the Couch to 250K came from. Awesome. So, Blaine, did you think that this was kind of a, a, a misguided scheme or do you think that it's going to work? To be honest, when we signed up, it was it was kind of we weren't expecting to even finish the race. We says we'll train. I'll give it one hundred percent, and if I fail, at least I know well I've I've tried my hardest. But as the the training camps pr- progressed, I'm getting a, a lot more confident now, and I'm actually looking and, and thinking I could not only complete this, but maybe come in at a a reasonable time so the way the work the race actually works it's a uh, 250 kilometers so it starts with a half marathon then a 15 kilometer kayak then a 100 kilometer cycle then a five kilometer climb up and down muckish mountain then a 70 kilometer cycle and then a marathon to finish so it's it's a big challenge but like I say, the training has, has been going well, and, and I'm feeling slightly optimistic, I suppose you could say. Well, that's good. Aiden, as the coach, how's this going? You think this is going to work? Um, well, just like Blaine at the beginning, I honestly wasn't sure that he was up to a task. But one thing Blaine has going for him is that he has great mental durability. So he's... Really stubborn, if you would like to say it like that. He doesn't give up easily. And I think that, looking, we've been training now roughly 12 weeks, maybe maybe slightly longer. And training's going really, really, really well. We have gone from strength to strength. Coming from his marathon, perform, uh, his marathon performance uh, to where he is now, he, athletically, he's two different people. He's... Currently, so we have an event schedule, so we're trying to get him as much event experience as possible before the actual race so that the experience doesn't overwhelm him. And the way he's sailing through the events now, it definitely inspired some optimism on me. I think if I had to place a bet on him finishing now at this point, I would confidently place it on him to finish. So training seems to be going good. He's getting further every day. These sessions are getting longer, and we're, we're approaching the training tactically, strategically. And if all goes to plan and he doesn't pick up an injury along the way, 
I can I, I, I can only see him finishing. Wow, that would be impressive. So how long do you have until the race starts? Um, so the you have 24 hours. Or sorry, the, the event itself takes place in March. So we have, we're pretty far out and you have 24 hours to complete the event. And I think a significant majority of people come on kind of in the, the later teens and the 20, 20 hour marks. So it's a pretty long event, but like I say, I'm, I'm confident that, that I'll, I'll get through it. No problems. Mm. Okay. So this is, this is the angle that's really cool about this. We have a lot of listeners out there that have heard from ultra athletes who are doing major events. And I think if, well, if they're like me, they're they're often thinking, is it possible for me to actually do something like that? Or will I never be able to, to accomplish it? And so you're going through the process of, and I, you can't say that you had no athletic ability, Blaine, beforehand, because you got through a marathon. You said you were disappointed yeah. with your results, but you got through it. So that tells us something about you right there. But the idea that you're somewhat active and now you're going for, I mean, this is crazy, running a half marathon and then 15K of kayaking, 100K of cycling, 5K of mountain climbing, 70K um, of cycling again, and then a full marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's huge. And I guess the question or the the thing I would like to know is, how are you training? What are you doing that makes this possible? Is it a fun experience? Is it just too grueling? You know, those sorts of things. So why don't we dive in there a little bit? You've, you've mentioned if we don't get injured, we're going to make it. And that really is the key, right? Avoiding injury. So what are you doing yeah. to make sure that there is not an injury? Well, Aiden's developed a, a really good training plan. Um, we're trying to stick to the training plan as much as possible. The thing with with the training that we are doing, it's it's mostly running, mostly cycling. It's repetitive work, but not really high risk. So I haven't haven't picked up any injuries yet. And like I say, I'm just I'm hoping to avoid any injuries. The main thing, the main challenge that I have found is maybe the diet. So on top of the training plan, Aiden has put together a, a strict diet plan. A, a bit of a challenge for me to get round. I, I approach the, the training head on. Um, I'm sticking to the plan, just getting out, you know, sticking between maybe nine and 12 hours a week, depending on if it's a, you know, if I, if I have a really long run in there on the weekend. But like I say, I'm, I'm finding that pretty easy. Uh, the diet, on the other hand, has been slightly more difficult. I think it took me maybe maybe six or seven weeks before I actually got to a point where I was sticking to the diet. Um, so it's it's big changes all around for me, I suppose. And the thing about the training is it hasn't necessarily ever been difficult. I'm never pushing, pushing myself to a limit where I can't go anymore, but it is very time-consuming. So like I said, between nine and 12 hours training per week, on top of a full-time job it is it is quite difficult but we have we've approached all of our training and putting the plan together we're, we're approaching everything smartly so for our, our first step before we even put the training plan together we went and got a lactic acid threshold test done 
which give me my my heart zones. So I know when I am out training, when I'm running, if I stay within a certain heart zone, I'll, I'll reduce the, the, the how quickly I fatigue. And we're, we're using you know lots of different techniques like that, which is greatly reducing the chance of injury. Mm, okay. So you're saying 9 to 12 hours per week. What kind of distances are you doing as part of your training right now? Um, well, I'm, at the moment, I'm in the middle of like a four weeks of events, but we haven't quite gone by distances. It, it's more time. So I'll go five days, four days a week. I'll do an hour, an hour and a half run or an hour and a half cycle. Um, one day a week, I'll do two and a half hours kayaking. And then on the weekend, my my long run could be, well, that's when I'll, I'll put a brick session in. So I'll do anything from, you know, three to maybe seven hours of cycling, running, mountain climbing, kayaking, whatever I can, whatever I can fit in. Um, and then on top of that, like I say, we're in the middle of trying to get the event experience under our belt. So two weeks ago, I had a, a half marathon on, on the Saturday the Sunday after, uh, I cycled the Tour de Foil, which was an 80k cycle. Tomorrow, no, sorry, this two days time, I'm running another half marathon. And then the week after that, I'm doing the, the Quest Ireland, which is kind of like a, a money version of the big race that we're training for. So the, the big race is 250 kilometers of running, cycling, kayaking. The, the event I'll do next week is 64 kilometers of running, cycling, and kayaking. So the the distances, they'll vary, but like I say, we're, we're sticking to a, a pretty strict schedule. Wow. That sounds busy, but really, really fun. I uh, I guess I, I'm... What does it feel like? Let's just go there for a little bit. What does it feel like when you go out and do one of your bigger days is it building confidence now, or are you, are you still kind of like, "Whoa, wow, that was tough." I don't know. Um, no, I'm I'm starting to really, really enjoy it. At the start, it, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was difficult or anything. It was more, uh, you know, if if I went out on the long run and I come in, I was tired. Um, if you had have asked me straight after one of those long runs, you know, do you want to do this again? I would say absolutely no chance. And rec. Whereas now, I really enjoy the, the long runs. I come in, I'm not as fatigued, and I'm, you know, there's real, real excitement about covering bigger and better distances each time. And like I say, I'm, I'm really starting to, starting to enjoy the, the runs and really look forward to the next one. So, Aiden, um, Blaine's complaining a little bit about this diet. He said it's taken him about seven <laughs> weeks to stick to it. What are you doing to him food wise? It's honestly not that difficult to diet, regardless of what Blaine said. <laughs> um, <laughs> he really only has. I have. I have given him a um, a meal plan with um, a lot of variations of different meals. But fundamentally, what I need from Blaine is to have a certain amount of calories, so that is enough fuel for his training, and a certain amount of protein so that his muscles can recover and they can build and develop and he, he can become faster and better at what he does. Like I say, there's plenty of variation on there. It's not that the diet's difficult. It's just that 
for anybody training for anything, be it fat loss or for a, a big event like this, diet is a 24-7 thing. So it means that you have to be motivated the whole time. So from you get up in the morning to go to bed, you have to be motivated and stick into the diet. The training is done and dusted in a few hours. Apart from those long sessions, done and dusted in a few hours. So mo- most people tend to tend to deal with the training a lot easier than uh, they do the diet. But it's a learning it's a learning curve from, and he's he's coming around it now. Everything seems to be on track that way. So, like I say, every, everything seems to be going good at this point, and hopefully, he sticks it out. <laughs> so, Blaine. How does this diet make you feel? You said it was kind of tough to stick to. What was the biggest change? I suppose prepping, prepping food um, was a big thing for me. That you know, get, getting what I plan on eating for the next three days, getting that ready in advance. Um, I, I would have been very much, you know, just go on, go on to work with no lunch prepped, and then nip out and grab something, some fast food or something for my lunch. Never, never really planned what I was eating. I never really thought about, you know, eating healthier. So I, I kind of just lived by that for the first few weeks anyway. As I say, I, I stuck to the training plan, but didn't didn't change anything up. And there, there was a definitely noticed a, a bit of sluggishness maybe in my progress, as opposed to when I did, you know, change my diet, stick stick to the plan. I noticed my my uh, progress moving along a lot faster. Um, my energy levels were up. My my times were up. My speed was up. My my recovery time was down. You know, every everything just seems to go a lot better once we stuck to the diet plan. And they like say Aiden Aiden knows what he's talking about. And when he when he put the the plan together, um, it was put together for me. So like I say, I. I don't know all the benefits of the diet plan, but I know it's working. Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. That's fun. You know, I uh, I have a chiropractor. And he got a hamburger and some French fries at a fast food place. And I won't name the name of the place, but um, it kind of sounds Irish. <laughs> and, um, the, uh, the, the point of this is he just set the plate with a hamburger and the French fries down and put a glass top on it just so people could see through it. And it's been yeah. sitting there now for about five years, and it looks yeah. brand new, like it just came off the line. My God. And so I, when every time I walk in there and I see that, it kind of spooks me. And here's the reason why. They do that to, uh, to make sure that the food doesn't spoil, right? To make sure there, there aren't any foodborne pathogens that can make us sick. And, and, of course, for any restaurant, that's a big deal. You can't make people sick. But they have so many preservatives and artificial ingredients ground into that stuff that it won't even spoil sitting at room temperature for five years. Yeah. And so so the question then becomes, how do we digest it? So what I'm wondering about, uh, Blaine, is when you got off of that kind of, well, I just grabbed something random for lunch and started eating something that was fresh that you'd prepared yourself, 
that's when your sluggishness started to go away. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's when I noticed a real increase in my, my energy levels. So there's something to that. It's not just that, you know, we're eating maybe lesser quality food. It's that we need to be eating foods that don't are just not cram-packed full of, of preservatives and, and things like that. We don't need sterile food. We need living food. At least that's my opinion. Aiden, am I on the right right track there? Uh, yeah, it sounds about right. Obviously, obviously in, this, in this day and age, it's kind of hard to get away from processed food at all. It's hard to get completely natural food unless you're out hunting and foraging for yourself right um it's gonna it's gonna go through some sort of processing um but if you can stay away from obviously those those overly processed foods um you're on you're on to a winner Mm. well i i'm just kind of curious about that because i think that's where a lot of people go wrong when they're trying to take up any sort of a an adventure sport they're trying to get stronger and do greater distances and have more endurance and they just feel really, really weak. Well, there might be a reason. It might be what they're putting in their body, you know, that's causing it to some degree. So, and here's the other thing. I, I don't know about you, Blaine, but a lot of people, what they eat is a very personal thing. It even turns into a little control issue because when we were little kids, our parents told us what we had to eat. And, you know, there's some people say, I'm not doing that. It became this power struggle thing. And then it's developed into, I eat as a way of managing myself. And when someone comes in and says, let's change the way you're eating. Ooh, now, now that's a challenge. <laughs> that's a throwdown right there. So was it like that for you, Blaine? Or I, I don't think it was um, maybe that I, I was resistant against the, the main plan. I think I, I just found it difficult to maybe get under some sort of routine. And uh, like I, I have a small kid in the house too and at, at home. And it, it wasn't just changing what I was eating it was you know maybe implementing that into back into the house and oh, yeah. you know everybody's maybe eating about health there now as a result of it so like there's there's been benefits all around but I, I don't think I've come across any any um any idea of resisting against the the, the main plan it was it was maybe more just a, maybe <laughs> laziness maybe on my behalf of, <laughs> of not not planning and preparing properly, but like I say, I can, I can admit that now that I'm I'm on a routine and, and eating healthy, so it's it's all good now. Well, that's good, and the reason I I brought all that up is because I think, you know, for some people it's a huge issue, and for you it sounds like it's a matter of routine, changing the routine. But for some people, it's a lot deeper rooted than that. And I just throw it out there for people to consider. Could that be part of it? But I tell you what, when you start eating better and you start feeling better. Then you get that positive feedback, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk yeah. about the next step in this. Um, Aiden, what practices keep Blaine from getting injured? Um, so, look, you, you can't guarantee not getting injured. Um, you can take preventative measures, which we're trying to do. But, I mean, when he's out there on the roads or when he's on the gym, it's one one wrong movement and he's injured. But what we what what we're trying to do to tr- to try to keep them injury free is we aren't jumping on head first. We're tapering our training up. So every week the training gets in small increments. It gets a little bit harder. It gets hard, progressively harder for three weeks, and then we take a recovery week in which we will do a lot more 
uh, shorter distance training and we'll do a lot more soft tissue work like yoga and stretches and just making sure that his body is revitalized, uh, re-energized and ready to go again for the next three weeks of hard work. Also, a big problem with these endurance events is that your body's not built for this kind of repetitive strain, that you're, you're, this repetitive stress that you're going to put on it. Um, so you're you're literally crashing down, all the weight of your body crashing it down onto the ground, and your joints have to have to absorb all that impact over and over again. So part of Blaine's training is also to build a bit of musculature around those joints, so that they're they're a bit more stable, so that they can ex- absorb a bit more impact. Hopefully, hopefully we get him there injury free. We also have. The way we approached the training, Blaine already mentioned, as we we took Blaine and we got his lactic threshold assessed, which means we we analyzed Blaine's cardiovascular fitness and we found out at what point he fatigues. The way we're training is we're staying below his his lactic threshold, which is the point that he'll fatigue. So it's very low intensity training. He comes home from a training session feeling fresh, feeling like he could go again which is a bit counterintuitive. Um, normally when people, when they have a hard event to do, if they're competing in any kind of tough event, the intuitive thing to do is to train hard. If you train hard, you'll be ready for the hard event. But that's actually not the way to approach the training. The way to approach it is to break it down on the sections, build your lactic threshold up as high as you can. The higher your lactic threshold, the faster you can move before fatiguing. The big benefit of doing it like that is that it's low intensity, it's low impact. Um, so if there's a way to get to your event injury-free, it's it's via that method. Get your lactic threshold test done, redo it every 12 to 16 weeks in training coming up to the event. Keep your keep your training low intensity, but long. So low intensity sessions, but you you spend a lot of time out there. And mm. hopefully, fingers crossed, we make it there injury-free. I love that approach. So how do you know if you're staying below that threshold? How can you tell? So, yeah, so the test itself is done through uh, blood sampling. So Blaine will be on a, Blaine was on a treadmill, and the intensity got higher and higher incrementally. It went on for about 20 minutes. There was a blood test on every three minutes. Uh, your lactic threshold correlates with your heart rate. So using your heart rate, you can break your training down into separate zones. And so you'll have a recovery zone. You'll have a zone which is below your lactic threshold. You'll have a zone which is above your lactic threshold. And then you'll have a final zone, which is kind of maximum intensity, maximum output, extreme fatigue. And so the way Blaine knows now that he, when he's he's on his sessions, all he has to do is stay between a certain heart rate range. So uh, for example, say 145 beats, and 152 beats per minute. As long as he stays in that zone, he'll not fatigue. I just track that with a, an Apple Watch as I'm running. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good. It's a great idea because, like you just mentioned, you start building up the lactic acid. That's when you get sore, and that's when it gets really difficult. Then the next day to get out and do it again, and and so by doing this, Blaine, do you feel like you're getting a good workout? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like I said. Um, when when I trained for the marathon before we had signed up for this race, 
I didn't know anything about any of this. I wasn't tracking my heart rate. I'd never heard of a lactic acid threshold test. I would have just went went out and ran as fast as I could for as long as I could. Um, I would have been completely fatigued by the end, and I would have fatigued pretty fast. So it's it's just interesting that when say when I was training for the marathon, if I was on a treadmill, I would have went down, stuck it up to eleven, and ran for the hour and come off com- completely blown out. Once I got my lactic acid threshold test on, I was able to go back in with a heart rate monitor, um, jump on the treadmill, and and I was able to see that 9.4 was the max speed that I could go without going above, you know, my my um, 150 beats per minute. So I just stuck to that for the hour, and even on the first session, I come off after an hour fresh. You know, I could have went again, and now I had just done an hour on the treadmill. Whereas before, an hour on the treadmill, and I was killed. And this was only a, a small reduction in the speed. Now, by continuously doing that, I'm able to increment the speeds up whilst never coming off the treadmill, feeling like, you know, I'd, I'm about to collapse here. Um, I'm now up at a point where I could go to 12.5 and still be within my, my lactic acid threshold. So by, by just bringing it up incrementally, I've actually, I'm, a, I'm in a far better position now. I can go far faster uh, for longer. Hmm. I love that. What a genius way to do this. And several years ago, there weren't many people that knew anything about it. So yeah. um, Aiden, the way to start then is to get this, this test done with a blood sampling, a stress test with a blood sampling. And then once you identify what that is, how often do you retest again? Um, so it really depends on you and how your training is going. But generally, you want to do it maybe 12 to 16 weeks, somewhere in that in that zone. So every 12 to 16 weeks, repeat the, repeat the test and see where you're at. Okay, so you're 12 weeks into this so far. Have you had a repeated test yet? Not not yet. We're, it's, we have to do a speed test next, and then the, the lactic threshold is coming up after that. It'll be fascinating to see what the threshold is. Um, but just yeah. by monitoring the heart rate, Blaine, you can already tell that you've made huge improvements and you're stronger than you've ever been, but without all the stress. So that's really, really cool. Yeah. Well, like I said, we, we have been, we've been doc- documenting the whole progress ourselves. Um, so on our Facebook page, I have all the, the information and analytics from our first lactic acid threshold test. Um, and it can all, you know, it's all plotted on a graph. So when we do go for the next one, It'll be very easy to see the the difference and the improvements that that I've made across the you know twelve to sixteen weeks. Um, it's 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 a really good test, and I would I would definitely advise anyone that's thinking of taking any kind of endurance event, whether it be you know your your first ten k, I would definitely advise to to go and get something like this done. And it's it's just training smart. It, it makes the whole the whole training process a lot more enjoyable and I, I can like all that stuff as well you know tracking your own analytics um seeing how your heart rate's improving seeing how your speed's improving using all the, the all the different technology to check all those statistics that, that that's something that really keeps me going and it's a really good motivator for me too hmm. you know i'd like to kind of get in you mentioned motivator i'd like to get into the motivations for doing this in the first place um you said you had the idea to try to do something bigger than the marathon, but why? Yeah. Why? 
I don't even know. A, a few people has asked me, you know, why why pick something so so big? To be honest, I, I don't really know. I think uh, we, we made a, a commitment kind of early, and it was a bit of a maybe not maybe a, a short sighted decision to sign up. Now, when we said we would sign up, we would start a podcast, and once we started the podcast, we were you know you're committed then. Um, the, the the actual race itself is for a charity called Self Help Africa. So when we started signed up for the race, started the podcast, people started donating money to you know to this charity, um, and it just kind of snowballs and snowballs. And before you know it, you're you're tied onto a point where you know we can't back out now. We we have to do this. We've come at it. We've told the world that we're doing this. So we have no choice. <laughs> well, they do say that that accountability is one of the best things that you can do to make sure you follow yeah. through with a lifestyle change. I, I can't imagine how this has impacted you. So Blaine, how has it impacted your daily life? Do you feel like it's changing you or impacting your family in unexpected ways? <laughs> there, there has a, there's several impacts. Um, one of the big things I noticed was, well, well I suppose I'm engaged to be married, so I'm in the middle of, of arranging my wedding at the moment. Um, my wedding actually falls about 10 days after we complete the race. Oh, boy. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so as you can imagine, the, like I say, there's there's a big time commitment on, on my end to be out training. So the, to be honest, my, my fiance she's been really patient, and she's, she's really behind me, which, again, is... A, a big motivator and you know what I, I really appreciate that because it could very easily go the other way and you know if, if things were difficult then it would make my whole training plan a lot more difficult so uh, the, you know I, I really appreciate the support that I'm getting at home and from friends and everyone getting behind me you know it's a real motivator for me and then the, there's there's the impact of just I'm getting healthier like I say, my, my energy levels are up, not just in training. I just I just feel a lot a lot more positive, more energetic. I feel like even in my, in my work life, my productivity is going up. Um, I just just feel a lot better. Um, I suppose that is that is the benefits of exercising and eating right. Mm, yeah, I love that. And you know, we kind of do a a carrot on a stick. When we talk about adventure sports, we're always telling people how much fun it is. We end every show by saying, get out there and have some fun. And uh, what we're not saying is get out there and work really hard and, and eat the right food and crack the whip. And you know what I mean? The point is yeah. <laughs> that if you look at all the benefits for what you're doing, then it helps to stick to it. It helps to motivate and, you know, when you start getting that increased energy, more productivity, a different life perspective, what about stress? Has your stress level been more manageable now that you're working out regularly? To be honest, I, I, I don't know if uh, if I ever felt a lot of stress. Um, I'm not I'm not really the type of person that, that gets really stressed out about things, but I'm certainly not feeling any stress now at the moment. Mm, good, good. Well, Aiden, I want to kind of get the perspective from Ireland. Because we have listeners all over the world, but not that many in Ireland compared to the rest of the planet. So the rest of us would like to know, I've been hearing that Ireland is kind of going through a fitness revolution. What's going on there? 
Um, yeah, it's it's really booming, particularly here in in our city. Um, it is in the last maybe five six years, you've you've seen a massive increase in the amount of people out running in the evenings and the mornings, which which doesn't sound great, but you haven't experienced our weather. Um, <laughs> we get the we get the wor- the worst summers and the worst winters. Um, so for people to be out running religiously, um, it's a it's a big up, uh, it's a big shift uh, culturally. It's it's probably a, a, the reason behind it is probably just through information sharing, social media. Uh, when you see people getting active online, it inspires you to get active yourself. And now that we can share information in the in the blink of an eye, it. it even if it's even if it's making you guilty seeing other people working out, if that's what it takes to get you out there and get and get you working out, um, then then happy days. And I think that's what's happening in terms of business as a personal trainer. You 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 really see it. I mean, you're you're never short of clients. Everybody's looking to get further, get stronger, get healthier, and it's great to see. You know, as I'm I'm sure you know, obesity now is at an all-time high. It's one of the biggest causes of death in the Western world. So, so it's it's really great to see big benefit to society. You know, I'm just I'm just glad that it's reached here. It's reached Ireland. You know, there's a if you think historically, there was a time when most people got a lot of exercise just for their daily activities. You know, because of farming or or what have you, they got a lot of yeah. being outside and movement, and and that was where their health came from. And then we entered into a time with mechanized farming and more people going to desk jobs and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's part of where the obesity came from. We have plenty of food and we don't move anymore. And so yeah. now we have the generation that's starting to say, no, 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 I feel better. I am better when I get outside and I move. And so the pendulum is coming back again. And I think worldwide people are finding this out and they're getting healthier. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. Well, and the two of you are doing something right now to help people out if they're interested in becoming more fit, just by sharing it and documenting it all through social media and on the podcast. How can people learn more and watch what you're doing? Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. Um, and one, one of the big things too, which is, it's an idea that I'm really excited about. Um, Blaine has put it like this in the past, and it's very well put. He said that what we're trying to do is create like a uh, a one-stop user manual for anybody competing in a endurance event. And so the idea is that we want to get as many experts from as many different but related disciplines, bring them onto the podcast and get them to get them to give us some advice uh, that that the the individual competing in, a, in an endurance race would never really hear. You know, a lot of people get their information and it's just it's just passed on. It's just word of mouth. And as you know, word of mouth is reliable. It's very unreliable. So if we can create a space in which a lot of people who are very well learned and invested in their discipline and they can offload some of that information and it can be a, a really good resource. So, for example, we, we had 
a podiatrist on the show a few weeks ago, um, gave him, giving us a breakdown of you know the lower extremities and the injuries picked up, how to prevent them. We've got a physiotherapist coming on. We've got a dietitian coming on. We have plans to bring on a cardiologist. We have plans to bring on a sports psychologist, probably maybe even a pharmacist. Hopefully, it'll it'll expand from there. Every time we meet somebody, they're telling us about somebody else who who would uh, who could bring something to the show. And if it goes how it seems to be going at the minute, I think it'll. It'll be something very, very valuable for people. If we can bring all those disciplines into one place, get them to offload all that information, have it on demand for people. It's the resource that if I was competing, I would find them valuable for sure. Oh, yeah. And so the name of the show is Couch to 250K Podcast. And that is 250 the numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Couch to 250K Podcast. Yeah. And we're on Facebook and Instagram too. And you can pick us up on the web website too, AidenDorleyFitness.com. Uh, say that one again. Yeah. Yeah. So the web address is Aiden, A-I-D-A-N, Doherty, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, Fitness, F-I-T-N-E-S-S.com. Okay. Yeah, and we're also on we're also on Spotify and iTunes, um, just under the name Coyster250K. Very cool. And, you know, I have met over the last three years hundreds of amazing athletes, and I would love to make some introductions for you guys. We can talk offline, but uh, so many amazing ultra-distance athletes have been on the show and shared their passion for doing this sort of thing, and maybe they would be willing to go on your show and share some of those experiences. So we can do that, too. That would be amazing. Well, guys, I think what you're doing is admirable, and I love it, and I love it that you're sharing it with the rest of the planet so that people can be motivated and learn how to do this themselves. What do you think it's going to be like, Blaine, on race day, when the race actually starts? Um, what do you expect to happen? Well, I'm hoping hoping to get a full night's sleep the night before. Um, <laughs> that might I'm, be hard. <laughs> because I have a long day ahead of me, but... In, in an ideal world, I'll be standing on the start line, confident that and injury free, but um, I suppose mainly confident that I've done enough to to get me through this. And even if I don't get through it, I know that I've I've put on a hundred percent effort. That's that's the main thing for me. That I, I don't want to be getting a, a DNF and then sitting back and saying, you know, I wish I wish I had went out those couple of mornings or if I had done this differently or that differently. You know, I, I want to, if, if it does come to a point where I don't finish the race, I want to sit back and say, well, at least, at least I give it my best. Yeah, that's a great attitude. And I'll, I, I like this shot. I'll give you this parting shot. Um, I visited with a mountaineer recently and, he talked about the team of people that were climbing Mount Rainier. And on his, his group, they asked everyone in the group, why are you climbing prior to the climb? How are you going to get to the summit, right? And everyone that answered, it's all about the summit. I'm going to accomplish this great thing. Everyone that answered that way did not make it to the summit. There was another group of people that said, I am here to experience this. I want to know what the weather's like. I want to know what the mountain is like. I want to, I want to have a camaraderie and the friendship. 
I just want to experience this. And if we make it to the summit, then, you know, that's fantastic. But the main thing for me is being part of this moment. You know what I mean? They all summited. They made it. (laughs) That's a a metaphor for life. It is. It is. And I, I love it so much. The point is that we can set huge goals, but it can't always be just about the end. It's got to be about the process. It's got to be about the journey yeah. along the way, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank yeah. you guys for sharing this journey with us. I think it's awesome. Um, one more time. Let's see here. We have AidenDohertyFitness.com, and that's A-I-D-A-N-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y Fitness.com. And then Couch to 250K podcast. And then I guess it's Couch to 250K is, is the way to find you on Facebook and the other social media. Yeah. Is that right? Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. All right. Well, fantastic. I, uh, I say more power to you guys. What do you have as a parting idea, a parting bit of motivation for us? A parting bit of motivation. I suppose if anyone has thinking about um, getting involved in, event, in, an, in an endurance event like this, go, go on and check out our podcast. You know, we are we are developing the Elliot's Guide to Adventurism. <laughs> we're, we're there. We're asking the stupid questions. Um, we're, we're both complete newbies to this. So and if, if you need a bit of inspiration, you know, just, just look at what we're doing. We don't have any experience and we've taken on one of Ireland's toughest challenges. We're getting there. We're sailing through it. So I suppose anybody can do anything if they if they put on the hard work. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Aiden, what do you have to add? Uh, yeah, that's something I said to Blaine was that completing an event like this, such an extreme event, will, I believe, change his outlook in life. It's something that very few people on the planet will do in their lifetimes, and it's going to be something that he will overcome. And I think that it'll it'll change his approach to all of his obstacles going forward. If he knows he can do something so extreme and that so few people can do, it's going to make all the other problems and all the other obstacles that much smaller. And that is a invaluable tool to have at your disposal. So to anybody out there listening, if you're thinking about giving an endurance event a go, but you're not sure if you can do it, just have a go at it. It'll change you no matter what happens and only for the better. Mm, I love it. Thanks, guys. Good words. Good words. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us on. Oh, you bet. You bet. Really appreciate it, Kurt. And yeah, and for all the listeners out there, wow, dream big, set big goals. Why not? You know, you've heard it before. If you shoot for the stars and you fail, you might make it to the moon anyway. (laughs) And so dream big, go for it. And until the next show, make sure that you do get out there, have some fun. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to the show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at com. And until then, get out there and have some fun.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.